And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to Seed Red. Hey, boys and girls, welcome to Scene Red. I'm David K. Montoya. All right, kids, this is what's going on. Uh, I'm actually away on vacation here with my family. We're up in northern Nevada. And for some reason, it didn't cross any of our minds, that's myself, Rebecca, and Aaron, to do a show before we left. So I'm kind of showless. So what I decided to do is, because I've received a few emails from... Uh, people who listen to the show, and as well as I've received messages off of Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you know, they've been asking, you know, when are you going to do the second part? Because last year we did um, the best of Seeing Red Sibling Rivalry, or part one. So they wanted to know when we're going to do the part second part. Well, since, you know, the kids are away and I'm here on vacation... I thought it would be a perfect time to sit down and reflect. And what I've decided to do is we're going to go through episodes 7, 8, 9, and 10. And we're going to pick the best, the funniest parts of Seeing Red. So this is going to be the best of Seeing Red Part 2. So go ahead, sit back and relax, and let's find out what makes the best of Seeing Red. Hey boys and girls, welcome to this very special edition of a live audience of Scene Red. Welcome, folks, to our brand new segment where Aaron is actually part of the, the co-host now, and now you're probably going to be able to hear him a lot better. Yeah, I, I've received a, a couple of uh, comments via Twitter saying, why in the hell can't we hear you? So now we've situated the mic more appropriately, and now we'll be able to hear your thoughts better. Hopefully one day we actually have this situated so <laughs> everybody can be equal. My dream... My dream is a padded room. And not the kind of padded room that you think, you know, with the straight jacket. I want a nice egg crate room with, you know, a mic coming down from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. You know, most people want a car, you know. A house. I just want a little room just where we could set in. And, and also, while I'm on the, the topic of celebrities, let me just say, let me just clear up the air. Had we known that Kim Kardashian was pregnant, we wouldn't have given her that big bottle of late or not latex, but Botox. 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 <laughs> so I had no clue. Rebecca and Aaron had no clue. You know, <clears throat> so we just thought she was purging, folks. We just thought, you know, she, she licked the candy bar and then she had to go puke. But I guess in actuality, um, she was sick with morning sickness. <laughs> Who knew? Speaking of which, did you guys hear about how the the announcement was made? Uh-uh. Did you? No. Okay. I didn't know she was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, she's pregnant. It came uh, out this week. I don't know that. It came out, or <laughs> <laughs> the news? The news. By Kanye West? Yes. Oh, God. Oh. So, he was at his, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, at, he was doing his concert, mm. and he was doing his, his music, and then all of a sudden, he just stopped. And he goes, I want to give a shout out to baby mama. And then he started playing his music again. And that was it. And then the following day when the newspapers and stuff came out, it was like, 
he was saying that Kim Kardashian is pregnant with his kid, yeah. which I don't know if is this his first kid, his twelfth kid. I don't know, but I know that he is such a, an upstanding citizen. I know Kim Kardashian has nothing to worry about because he will be there at home every single day to help her through every single step of the way through the pregnancy. And, you know, because he's just such an outstanding performer and an outstanding guy. And we all know he's just going to be a fantastic father. And he likes fish sticks. I'm still surprised that he's with her. Why so? Because he seems like to be racist, in my opinion. Oh, really? Yes. Like, I still think about... I know, like, a lot of people probably think about this to this day when he did that, when he called out Taylor Swift at the Grammys. Oh, was that him? Yes. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, Taylor, but, uh... No, he didn't say he was sorry. He told her off. Told her, basically told her that she was mediocre and that Beyonce should have got the Grammy. Yeah, Beyonce had that, one of the best videos, yeah. Yeah, was... and he was having a fit, and Beyonce's like, stop, stop, you know, quit your... Ba-. Basically telling him he was embarrassing her. He was stop. drunk. He, was, he had to been drunk or on drugs. She's like, she's like, you know, stop, Kanye. It's okay, stop. You know, quit. And he, he just kept going and going, and harping on it. I, and he got on the internet and harped on it. And he and I was like, that will never leave him. It will follow him forever because that was such a big thing. I read and something. Rude. Like, that was that was the Taylor Swift night. You know, he she went, won. She was young. She was like sixteen, I think. Really? Yeah. Just a kid. She won. Didn't she win Video of the Year or something like that? Or yeah, Odyssey Video of the Year. And. You know, that's a big thing when you're that young. They said that, uh, I was reading something, they said that he went there drinking, I don't know if it was a bottle or if it was a glass of bourbon. but the, or bourbon, bourbon or whiskey. They said it was brown liquor. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and with that being said, again, upstanding citizen. Yeah. Go baby daddy. <laughs> I was like... I want to see more. Of, yeah, I, I can't wait <coughs> for the new Anchorman that's coming out because I like Will Ferrell. I don't Ferrell. like that movie. I'm sorry. I like Will Ferrell. The only movie that he ever did that I really liked was The Stranger Than Fiction. That was good. I'm not a big fan of him. He's he's not as funny. He was pretty good. Talladega Nights, but I actually bought that one. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, baby funny. Jesus, in your baby Jesus <laughs> ways. Christmas. No, yeah, on, on Thanksgiving, one year. You have to explain who these people are. He's my, my youngest cousin, and uh, on Thanksgiving we had to go around and say what we were grateful for. Uh-huh. Jackie made us, my aunt Jackie made us all do that, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm grateful for the little baby Jeebus." Jeebus. <laughs> Everybody in the room like... started busting up laughing. <laughs> there was a lot of us there. Everybody was there that year, basically, and he was little, and it was just random because we we're like, "Yeah, we're grateful for." Love that we have with our family and our good jobs and this and that. And then he's like, "I'm grateful for the little baby Jeebus." Well, she's what? well, she's looking that up. And uh, since we were talking about Bruce Willis, another Die Hard, Die Harder, Die Harder. No, no. it's not called Die Harder. <laughs> Hold on, it's at this point, is it, it should be called like Blow Harder. <laughs> <laughs> I passed it somewhere, but it's um. I mean, another one, day, another another good day to die hard or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know what? I have to say that the the last one, mm. the one about cyber terrorism. Yeah. That was really good. That was really good. Uh-huh. The one before that was Samuel L. Jackson. I didn't like. Yeah. The one before that, I didn't like. I liked the first one, two, and three, but after that, I didn't it, like it's... them. <laughs> so I got. I have a movie right here that has the best lineup ever. Okay, I'm all ears. It's called The Tomb, okay? It's got, the Tomb? The Tomb. It's got Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Vincent D'Onofrio, and 50 Cent. Oh my god. I know, How? right? This is going to be the best movie to laugh at ever. Yes. Oh, oh, no. How do you put... First of all, that's too much testosterone. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger together. How do you even understand what they're saying? 50 Cent, by himself. <laughs> no, but... By himself. Come on now. He's like, I'll be in the club. I'll be the governor of California. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm not uh, so what's, what's the plot line? It says, 
When a structural security authority finds himself incarcerated in, pr in a prison he designed, he has to pull his... He has to pull, sorry. He has to put his skills to... What? <laughs> they didn't write that right. He has to put his skills to escape... That's what it says. He has to put his skills to escape. Well, that's why we know I think that. To the test. I was gonna say that's why we know it, IMDb doesn't have be, no editors. He has to yeah. put his skills to the test to escape and find out who framed him. I just edited that for them. That's how. <laughs> that's sad. But uh, honestly, well, I, I make sense how they sent in prison, but. Well, Arnold, Arnold, at this point is like, I have to make movie. I have to pay my secretary. I guess, but. Putting them together in a movie, I just can't take it seriously. It's hard Spe to take it serious as it is. Speaking of wacky Arnold, I didn't know this till today, but I didn't even know that they could do this either. What's that? About the blowfish? Yes. Oh, because I because you know, we know he's from Nevada, right? And I really want to get some blowfish. Uh -huh. People who know what blowfish are, they take and I can't remember what kind of fish it is. They take a, they take a fish and when it's a little embryo and the egg, they splice a the DNA of a poisonous mushroom into it to make it glow in uh -huh. the dark. And he uh, banned them in California, but they're illegal in Nevada. So I, wanted, I was thinking, like, Arnold did? Yeah. Oh, nice. And he was the governor. The governator. The governator! He banned them because it's not, he said it's not ethical. But yet, we, I'll can, be back. we can eat, you know, food that's been genetically altered. That's right. okay. Yeah, that's we can't okay. have glowfish. Please. As much as you don't want to admit it, you did live in a time when you were young, pre-internet. I know. There was actually existence. And I know some of the audience are like, oh, No internet? What? It, it's true. No, no TV without cable, huh? It's true. We, we did survive. We lived. And you know what? Y2K didn't happen. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I should have been one of those smart ones that made the Y2K survival kit and made some money off of it, though. Yeah. But yes, there was there was uh, a time where there was no internet, and you had your TV stations, which played what would be considered now would be considered like TVG, you know, and that was like their back then. You didn't have to have a cable box. No, no. Like you couldn't even see what time it was unless you had a clock in your house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there was no TV guide. Uh. I remember, just as I was getting ready to leave high school, they were bringing in internet, and somebody was telling me about internet, and I was like, the internet, and the I, I was the guy who was installing it. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's it's gonna come. They they connect it off of your. Now this may be something even for some of our listeners. Before when the internet first came out, it was all ran off of telephone lines. What? Yep. Uh, yeah. You don't remember that? Oh, dial up. Oh, yeah, and it had to, like, beep. It's beep. Yeah. I remember I used to have AOL. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have to wait. You're like, come on, <laughs> You're like, come on, it's taking five minutes to sign it. Unplug in. Unplug it, plug it back in. And this is why podcasting didn't happen until later on. Because can you imagine, okay, for example, our podcast, just one podcast, is roughly anywhere from 49 megabytes to 55 megabytes. Okay. Not including the file compression. No, we're, we're just talking straight. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if we wanted to upload that back then on dial-up, it would take about a day just yeah. to upload one. We're just talking, nobody getting on the phone, nobody surfing the web, just uploading. Mm -hmm. That's why podcasting didn't happen until now. So, I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Illich. Go ahead and sign us out. And uh, remember, if... You have slow internet, you'll be seeing red like us. <laughs> Good night, folks. It's been so long since I've listened to these episodes, I totally forgot about the the dear little baby Jesus part. Yes, that was one of my favorite movies as, as far as, uh, you know, comical parts. Okay, we're going to move right along. That was Seeing Red, Episode 7. So let's go ahead and take a peek and see what we have for you in Seeing Red, Episode number 8. Hey, boys and girls. Welcome to Seeing Red. I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Illich. Okay, here's a question for you guys. What is more frightening? A six-foot-one woman that's going to beat your ass 
or a six foot one pregnant woman that's going to beat your ass? Which one is more? What What do you think is more frightening? The pregnant woman, obviously. Yeah. Go ahead. And it's not just because she's it's, pregnant. It's because of the hormones. Yeah. That comes with the size. And then, you know, you're, you're less inclined to want to hit a pregnant woman. So then you're just going to get your ass kicked and you can't really fight back. Well, the reason I bring this up, and we were just having a conversation before we got on stage, is now was this last year, right? Last year or year before last? It was the year before last. Well, it's it's your story, so go ahead and tell the story. Um, so the year before last, I had a cat, and he was an inside cat, and he had gotten out and went missing. And the next day, we saw a dead cat in the field. We're like, oh, that can't be him. Like, I wouldn't think my cat would just get out and die, you know, mysteriously, like, overnight. Right. And we go over there at night, and we find out it's him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, they, if he was killed because he's a black cat or what. You know, people are weird. But he was, you could tell that he was shot to death with paintball, broken paintballs. He had paintballs all over his body, blood coming out of his mouth and everything. We had paintballs in our yard. Well, that day, what do I see? People across the street with paintball guns, running around, shooting each other, playing around with paintball guns. So what happens? I knew that they did it. And Mom and Lacey found out about it, and they were livid. Now, if anybody that follows, Lacey's my wife, and at the time... She was pregnant, and and she is six foot one. And let me tell you, my wife, she she has a heart of a man when it comes to confrontations. She does not back off. And her and my mom went and and confronted were these kids or teenagers, teenagers, confronted them. And pretty much, what happened from there? What I mean, what were they saying? Well, they're they're basically asking like, did you kill the cat and they basically said they, did. they said that they shot the cat, but it was already dead. But when we picked the cat up, the underside of the cat had paintballs on it. The cat was already dead. How did they shoot underneath it? Now, and, and here's my question about fearing, you know, six-foot woman going to beat your ass to a pregnant woman going to beat your ass. Now, my wife was like nine months pregnant. She was getting ready to pop our, our second child. and But she's the type of person... If she's mad, she's going to go after you. She's the type of person, she'd be like beating you. She's like, <clears throat> and she's like, hold on, hold on, I'm having a contraction. Hold on, hold on, let me, let me grab the kid. Come here. Let me hold the kid. I'm, I'm delivering it, and I'm like, <clears throat> popping him in the face at the same time. She just, she, you don't want to mess with her. She really don't. She was mad. She was, she was letting him have it with her mouth. That's for her. <laughs> she was like on him, like, well, how can you explain this? How can you explain that? And he couldn't explain it. He just kept looking at the ground like a little whip puppy. He wouldn't even look her or my mom in the face. Really? He, he wouldn't. That's. I watched from inside because I knew if I would have went over there, I would have got crazy. I rate. You know what I'm saying? Now Rebecca is what? You're six foot. Yeah, about. And and she's not to be messed with. I I've heard legends. You know, back when little boys were told legends of heroes. I, I've heard legends of my sister actually knocking out. We're not. We're talking. You know, mom will gonna knock you out. Pow! You know, knocking out a grown man. Yeah. So that that that's something to say. Um, but on a serious note, you know, if you're out there, if you're bored, if you have a paint gun, go shoot at targets. Don't shoot at animals. Animals are living human. They're not human creatures, but they're they're living, living creatures. That that cat was like my child. That was my favorite cat closest cat. He was like the personality of a person. And they took him from me, so... And I'll, I'm, I'll never forget it, to this day. Rebecca brought... Rebecca, I, I don't know if she's pulling a uh, Paris Hilton <laughs> or not, but she brought her little chihuahua today. Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Dad! Dad! That, that's my best impression of, of Dad! <laughs> Lumpy Space Princess? She could be Lumpy Space Princess. Who? Paris Hilton. Uh, <laughs> she's I know normally, you know, in previous episodes, uh, we've been bombarded by my dog. So I guess this episode we're, we're sharing dogs here. She's like not even a quarter of your dog. Her head, her body is not even as big as your dog's head. 
I actually, I was going to say, she's about the size of my dog's turd. Nom, nom, nom. Or how you guys... Nom, 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 nom. I still say he swallowed a toy car or something the other day. Okay, explain that. Remember we at your house? And he was eating something. He went to take it from him and he swallowed it. Oh, yeah. yeah it was you, big. You were chasing him around the house like a little kid. It was big. And I, yeah, I'm sure when he put that out, it probably hurt. Because I don't know what he ate, but it was like about that big. Well, he inhaled his ball, his little squeaky ball. What? He inhaled it. I'm literally doing the Heimlich maneuver. I'm like, <laughs> did you get it out? Yeah, it came out finally. Oh my finally. god! And then he was growling at me. He was all pissed off. I'm like, well, that alternative, breathe Death? or die. You know? Yeah. What, what's your? I mean, yeah, it was hard because I was literally, you know, pulling hard, getting, getting air into his diaphragm, yeah. which was kind of weird to do a Heimlich maneuver on a dog, but it. it and it did too. It went boom! It shot out, man. And he's like, Aah! I don't know, folks. I, I, I have a, a schizophrenic dog. I can't just have a normal, normal pet. No, you gotta have a psychotic dog that wants to eat everything. <laughs> or, um, because he's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he also. He has an infection. Now, this is interesting because people have come over to my house off and on, and he'll sniff them, you know, but he has an abnormal affection to you, Aaron. He loves Aaron. And Aaron stole my boyfriend. <laughs> Cody still likes me, but because when Cody saw me when I first came back to live here, to, to live with my parents. He remembered you right away. Did yeah, you? he remembered me right away. He was like up. On my butt, like twenty four seven, like he was with you. Mm-hmm. He would like come out here to go to the bathroom, and he would run straight to me, yeah, to come to me. And Kevin's like pulling him. Choker chain, <laughs> screw the choker chain, man. It didn't work. But yeah. now he lays him. Every animal does it to Aaron. He's a he's like the animal man. Just you know, all the animals come to me. Like, Every animal control. loves him. Like any, like I have a cat named Kura. That cat has never liked anybody except for me and Stephanie. Really? Yeah. And she liked my dad because, like, but she, like, grew on him, though. Like, right. From being in the room with him. He comes in. I'm like, oh, she's not going to like you. She goes right up to him and starts letting him pet her. And purrs. Purrs. <laughs> I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah. It's that animalistic magnetism that you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's because he's an animal, that's why. Animals know their own kind. I know. I'm fierce. You, you wish. God. Nothing left to say on that. I, just, I don't even want to think It's about dead. It. Just. Don't She'll beat always the, be in my heart. Don't beat the dead horse. Don't. It won't get up. It won't get up. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of like. How they have, you know, two different schools now of Xavier. Yeah. They brought Jean Grey back to life again, from what I understand. Again? Now there's the school, the Jean Grey school for the gifted youngsters. Uh And then the Xavier school, which is ran by Cyclops and um, Emma Frost. And, um, you know, it's just... My God, I can't even get into this. It's, It's... They've destroyed the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah. So, that's it for this week. I I, I just kind of depressed myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Illich. And remember, if one of your favorite superheroes gets killed or transformed into a vampire, you'll likely be seen red. Good night, folks. And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. 
Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Roberts Field Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com. And there you go. That was episode number eight with a little bit of animal love. Um, you know, we we mainly talked a lot about animals in that episode. It was pretty good. I, I remember we had some good laughs in that as well. It's just really fun to reflect back, and I hope everybody's enjoying this as much as I am because I'm actually listening to all the, the podcasts, and then I'm picking out the best parts. Okay, so let's see. That was – we started with seven. That was eight. So this must be episode nine. So let's find out what is so great in episode nine that it will actually make the best of scene red hey boys and girls welcome to scene red i'm david k montoya i'm rebecca c lofgren and i'm aaron illich do you guys remember us talking about the rock yes a yeah. few weeks back yeah. <laughs> um i was uh channel surfing through the internet, or the internet through the tv yeah. and it said something about if you miss the rock return to the wwe Okay, in terms of WWE. Again. So I jumped on YouTube and I, I watched his little skit. Mm. He's become so... How do I explain this? When you watch wrestling and they do their monologue, there's a certain type. You know it's wrestling monologue. It's not like an actor delivering a line. It's wrestling monologue. I, I can't explain it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, when The Rock started his monologue, you could see he had become such an actor that it, it no longer... It wasn't believable. Yeah. It was so believable, it wasn't believable. Yeah. You know, because he, he was like delivering a line, not delivering a wrestling monologue. Yeah. And he was like, you know, just the emotion in his face <laughs> and, and all this and trying to be believable and I'm like okay. <laughs> lame well, you want raw brutal face punching me in that abs type of 
monologue. Like, I'm gonna rip your face out and stuff and right. test and this type well, shit. Well, like, CM Punk, <laughs> CM Punk, who is, who is the world champion, and he's been the world champion the longest. He's been in it for, like, almost 400 days, or over 400 days now. Anyway, um, he delivered his life. Typical wrestling monologue. Yeah. But he kind of changed it up a bit. She just kind of counteract with the Rock's monologue. And, and though he's the bad guy, the heel, some of the shit that he said gave me goosebumps. <laughs> and it was really good. Like, you know, he, he said, he told the Rock, he's like, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're on this I don't care if you're here 14 days, 14 months, but whenever you step your foot in the ring, I'm going to keep you When you step out of the car, I'm going to keep you <laughs> When you come back from the movie set, and it was just really, I don't know, I thought it was really good with yeah. him. And I was reading online, a lot of people saying, like, oh, how great The Rock was. But I actually felt that CM Punk uh, kind of pulled the, the whole monologue thing along. Yeah. So, yeah, he's going to wrestle. Uh, the Rock is going to wrestle in a like, couple weeks, two or three weeks, he's going to wrestle. And he's going to become the world champion. And I want to see how long this is going to last. Um, like the huh? Oh, online, you know, they the uh, whole time thing. Well, no, it, uh, the script's been leaked, oh. so we already know what's going to happen, uh. and that's the whole reason why he came back. That's when they he came back two years ago to <laughs> to host WrestleMania. Yeah, and he got such a, a big pop from it. Vince McMahon's like, "Well, I want you back." And he's like, well, I, I have a whole another year or so to, you know, earn a 40 foot uh, filming contract that I need to do. And you're going to pay me this much money, plus you're going to give me the World Heavyweight title. And he's like, okay. So we already know The Rock is going to win the title. Now, I seen The Rock wrestle John Cena. And that was horrible. <coughs> it was John Cena's not that good of a wrestler. And the Rock not that good of an actor. So of course he's not be that good of a wrestler. <laughs> and the Rock again, he he had been out of wrestling for so long. You know, he'd been out for like yeah. eight to ten years. You have that rudeness. And, and I don't care how well the announcer tries to, you know, to push it on. Oh, The Rock, he looks like he just, you know, stepped back in the ring. He hadn't missed a day. And you look at him, like, you know, his timing on his punches are off, you know? Yeah. He's like, you know, slow punch. You know, waiting to make contact. And when he contacts his face, it's like, oh, yeah, boom. You know? Yeah. And it just wasn't believable. <laughs> so, yeah, I had to cover my, my little bit of The Rock session. Since we, we talked about him just not too long ago, that... But now he's back. He's going to stop acting for a while. He probably can't find no more acting gigs right now. And as soon as he gets an acting gig... He'll be off right now. Yeah. And he'll be back at it. Uh, let's see. I actually had a little... Little thing of what we were going to cover. Cool. We covered one a lot. So, what do you guys think? What do you want to talk about? You know, it's pretty funny to say wrestling because uh, <laughs> we were watching South Park uh, a little while ago. Like, what, like a month ago? It was, a, <laughs> it was an episode of South Park where they were, it was sort of like they were making fun of wrestling, but like at the same time, it, it, was, it wasn't. Right. Yeah, oh, it was funny. <laughs> it was so funny. They had all the little kids have like their own little monologue and their own little like they created like their own, uh, their own wrestling like drama. Con- yeah, and then Harvey <laughs> played like five different characters, and the yeah. one was a girl on one of them. They're like, she's yeah, I'm eight years old, and I had an abortion already. I had an abortion ten years ago. She was eight, <laughs> eight, eight years, years old. old. And they believed it because they were all rednecks. Yeah, but it was funny. You know, continue keeping on the wrestling topic. I, I was now I've been watching wrestling. 
our great grandfather got me started on wrestling. So, you know, I grew up during the whole Hulk Hogan time period, and then after Hulk Hogan's run, Bret Hart's run, and then I lost about 10 years, and now I'm back in the world. Now I'm actually but What is it, do you think? Why, why was it better back then than it is now? More believable. It's more raw. It, it was more believable. I, I think it was less scripted. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they they tried to do stuff so you could get hurt less. They still got hurt. Right. I don't know. I remember wrestling when I was little, and I loved it. It was exciting. <laughs> if you look at a picture of Hulk Hogan from when he first started wrestling, and then a picture of Hulk Hogan... After his career in wrestling, he looks like a like a punching bag, you know. Yeah, because he really got hurt. Yeah, they really got hurt. I mean, I'm sure they still get hurt sometimes now, but I don't think they get hurt like they did back then. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. It just so many stories. I don't know. Wrestling was just so much more enjoyable, believable. And I mean, okay, as a kid, and I'm, as a kid, I'm saying between like four and ten. I believe wrestling was real. I really thought it was real. Yeah. You know, real. So did I when I was little. Yeah. But now, anybody that age that followed wrestling, they know it's not real. And I think it kind of takes away from the luster of the whole facade. Yeah. You know, it, it's... In fact, I would prefer to watch... Even though I, I've seen it millions of times, I would prefer to watch a Hulk Hogan match. Yeah. That I, Like I said, I had already watched yeah. Love watching the one where he wrestled Andre the Giant. Yeah. I know. I've seen it many, many times. I know what's going to happen. But I enjoy it. As to now... I can't even stand wrestling like I, at all. The characters to me... Horrid. Yeah, like their, their whole like backstory. The way they act. So... Uh, a I few of them were good. Are, are like classic. Like yeah. Hogan and Rowdy Rowdy Piper, The Undertaker. Well, and I think that's another thing. Macho Man and Savage. Oh, yeah! <laughs> and I think that's another thing that I like about back then. You weren't a good guy for three months, and then you were a bad guy for three months, and you're a good guy for yeah. three months. No. You'd be a good guy for three years. Then you would be a bad guy for maybe five years. Yeah. And yeah. then eventually you'd become a good guy again. Yeah. Not these, you know, you, you have good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. All within one year. Yeah. Again, it takes away the believability. To me, they, if they're going to make somebody like, like, a, like a bad guy or a good guy, they should swap out the contracts for SmackDown and then Raw. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because Raw is like, it's Raw, you know? Right. Every, almost everything is bad. And then you I look at SmackDown, and then it's like a it's like a baby version of Raw. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And it's, it's, um, I don't know. And, and I think the the whole monthly pay-per-view has ruined wrestling. Yeah. yeah, the whole money aspect has ruined the passion of wrestling. Because I remember back in the day, there used to be four pay-per-views. Yeah. In January, you had Royal Rumble. Then you would have to wait until March for WrestleMania. Then from WrestleMania to SummerSlam. To SummerSlam. And then from SummerSlam, you would go to Survivor Series. Yeah. That's four. So that, that, you have three months to lead up to yeah. a main event. Now it's like every month. Yes. So instead of having three months to lead up to something, now you have three weeks. Yeah. And what can you really lead up to three weeks? <laughs> and, and the thing is, is, you know, you watch it and they're like, oh, this fight's far from over. You know? Yeah, because they're going to run the same thing for three months. Yeah. But they've already fought twice. You know, it, it defeats the purpose. Now, I this was not meant to be a wrestling segment. I was just thinking that. It just got that way. <laughs> but, 
I don't know. It just... <laughs> there was more... Back then, you had a big fight at the big event. And that, like I said, took three months. During that three months, they never fought each other. Yeah. There was conflicts where, like, the bad guy jumped from behind or whatever. Yeah. But they never wrestled. Today's wrestling, they wrestle each other every week, all the way up until the... I like, remember last week when I beat your ass? <laughs> remember the week before that, too? He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, again, what's the purpose? And also, when they fought at, like, say, WrestleMania or SummerSlam, whatever, that feud would hit. Yeah. And it was guaranteed. Yeah. All feuds end at the big segments because they finally get the fight. Yeah. And even if the bad guy won, the feud ended. And like I was saying earlier, you know, the feuds go on forever and ever. Are you giving me a signal or No. Oh, okay. Going back on old wrestling, I don't know if you've ever seen the Ready or Rumble. That's one of my favorite movies. Where the... Uh, WCW? Yeah. Yeah, actually, because I... I watched the very first Monday Night Raw. And at that point is when I left WWF back then. Yeah. I stopped watching. Because I, I was never really into the whole Attitude Era. Yeah. You know, with, where they, they tried to almost make it R-rated. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, I thought that was sleazing and trashy. And I went to... WCW and I, I literally I watched WCW all the way I watched the very final Nitro mm -hmm. uh, somebody else I watched the final Nitro you know when it aired and after that that's when I stopped watching wrestling for years but yeah I, I seen uh, Ready to Rumble <laughs> yeah and it takes you back when you watch that you're like you're like Sting and all that you're just like, wow. How do you know that? I mean, I... Liar? That was around 1993. Oh, no. Ready to Rumble came out in, what, 99? Yeah. So you were six. I know. It's... It was. It was a whole different type. There's a whole different feel to it. Like, it's hard to explain. If you... <laughs> if you've seen it at the time of... Back then, and then you watch it now, yeah. it's got a completely different feel to it. Yeah. I can't even stand it. I can't even watch it for like a minute. And maybe it's because when I was younger, it seemed more realistic to me, but now, like, I watch them, like, hitting each other. It's just so fake. I feel like when I was younger, it looked cool. Yeah. It looked like they were really being cracked by each other. Yeah. Well, I mean. And now it's like delayed reaction. Bam. Oh, it's been five seconds. Ow. Well, even now. And we watched that uh, documentary on. Bret Hart, and they, so showed, and they showed, you know, him wrestling. It was just a different type of wrestling. Yeah. Even then, because he said he would hit you, he would really hit you, just to make it believable. Yeah. Each kick, each hit, he really made contact. Now it may not hurt, but he was physically making contact. Yeah. Now you, you can tell they're not even getting close to me. That's why you see all the different camera angles. They're not as good as they used to be because it's like right at the corner of the ring. Like, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff in the way. Yeah. I don't like that. It's, uh, it's like I said, it takes away the feel. It's, I don't know. It's an art form that's lost. Yeah. You know, and again, back in the day, they didn't come up, you know, WWE says, don't try this at home. You know, they don't. Yeah. They didn't do that. Uh, They're like WWE. They promoted backyard. I was gonna wrestling. say, if you're that fucking stupid, we're not liable. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know that's the way it was. And, and unfortunately, like I said, it was lost. It's a lost one. And I don't. With the creation of pay per view and everything that you know, it's, it's yeah. that's why I like. You can't even really watch. Um, like MMA fighters fight anymore either because it's, it's like you know it's real MMA fights right 
but at the same time, it's, it, it feels sort of like wrestling. It feels crazy. Yeah. It, feels it feels like sometimes, like, even though they're really beating the crap out of each other, like, they're told what to do. Yeah. Like, who's going to win? Who's yeah. Gonna well, that was a big thing that happened in the 90s uh, with boxing. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were fighting. They were really, you know, but um, Don, Don King. He was telling the fighters, okay, this is who's going to win, this is who's, who's going to lose, and... They're like, is, just make it a good fight. <laughs> right. You know, you're going to go down in whatever round. And, then, and it somehow it leaked out. This was pre-internet. Somehow it leaked out. Yeah. And... I remember, <laughs> I remember Futurama made a spoof about it, where uh, Bender was supposed to be one of the fighters, and they had, like, this huge fighter. And I remember... Oh, I see. Yeah. And then I, I, I seen that, and then I remember watching or reading some about uh, the Don King thing. And I was like, <laughs> yes. You watch Witch Machine. You don't even watch TV. We you watch can, Netflix. We can compare anything to, a TV to show. an episode <laughs> of a TV show. <laughs> Mainly South Park. No. South Park. South Park Family Futurama. First Family Drama. Family Guy. King of the Hill. Hill. <laughs> I've probably seen... Family got all the seasons. This was like a thing that happened for about six months. She's seen every episode of Family Guy all the way up to season fourteen at least twice. No, wow. four times. Four times. We watched all of them. This is during like, like <laughs> what do you want? The whole, whole summer and the spring of this the, the last year. As soon as we got to the last episode, we started all the way through every day, all day. That's sad. <laughs> She's like, I need something else to watch, man. I can't, can't watch this anymore. That's why we started watching South Park, and she's like, it actually got better. Uh, <laughs> Alright, folks. For Zoe Montoya, I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lockery. And I'm Aaron Illich. And remember, boys and girls, if you get frustrated at watching new school wrestling to old school wrestling, you might be seeing Good night. And that was part nine, or episode nine, of Seeing Red, which means that we're here on our last leg of this journey, folks. Uh, we've got one more to go, and then I'll send you on your way until next week. So, let's go ahead and find out what part of episode ten made the best of Seeing Red, part two. Hey, boys and girls, welcome to Seeing Red. My name is David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Illich. Well, boys and girls, the world of sci-fi can rest easy today as the news of J.J. Abram will direct the new Star Wars films. Did you know about that? Yeah, I did. I saw it the other day. Now, I guess there's some issues online because, you know, obviously there's trackies versus the Star Wars fans. Yeah. And... Uh, Abram has directed now the two most recent uh, Star Trek and I guess a lot of the Star Wars fans are upset that a Star Trek director... Are you saying Star Trek? Star Trek, yeah. Star Trek. Star Trek, Star Trek, same damn thing. Nerdism, nerdgasm, whatever. It's the same people. (laughs) I beg to differ, but go on. Anyway, they're upset because... Abram directed the last two of their films, yeah. and now he's going to direct the Star Wars films. Yeah. So, and that's why I bring it up, because I know that you're a little bit more in-depth to the the understanding of why these people are upset. Can you kind of bring that forward to myself and the listeners? Can you kind of... Trekkies are crazy people. I'm not a Trekkie, but... Sandy? A lot of... Sandy's a Trekkie, but she's <laughs> not like a Trekkie Trekkie. A lot of Trekkies think there can only be one. No, that's the Highlander. No, that's what they think. It's like, they, you can only, the hardcore ones, like, you like Star Trek or you don't like it at all. You know, you have to, it's like, you can't mix Star Trek and Star Wars together. For some reason, I don't understand this, but some of them are really hardcore. Really? Yes. Sandy's not like that, but. Now, I think this is the first time we're bringing up Sandy. Sandy is the wife of our uncle, which is the brother of our mother. Yes. That's, I guess, a very long version of saying that's our aunt. Yes. <laughs> so, so you're saying that if a person likes Star Wars, they can't like Star Trek. Well, no. It's more like 
for the tr the hardcore Trekkies, like the hardcore ones, or like every, their whole life is about Star Trek. That's all they care about. You mean the virgins that still live in the basement? Yeah, yeah, those guys. Gotcha. Um, if you like Star Trek, then you can't like Star Wars for whatever reason. I think I I don't get it because they're two separate storylines, two separate movies. They have nothing to do with each other. Right. But they they have been in a feud for a long time. I was gonna say different time frames too. Yeah. Total different time frames. Yep. Once long, long ago. So, I mean, because for me, I personally, mm. I like Star Wars because the storyline just grabs me better. Yeah. Um, now that doesn't take anything away from the other series, you know, the Star Trek series. Yeah. I like the Shatner ones, mm -hmm. you know, and I liked the um, oh, what's his name. Uh, Picard, the, the Patrick Stewart. Patrick yeah. Stewart. Um, I liked them equally. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I just don't get that mentality. Uh, I don't either. <laughs> I don't understand why like, they've been at. They're just at war with each other for whatever reason. They hate each other. But well, I think after this podcast, I'm gonna have to sit down and pop in fanboys. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> there can only be one. Because I, I actually have fanboys. Yeah. And I started watching it. I think I've only watched like 15 minutes of it. Mm -hmm. But I never got into... you never seen the whole thing? I've never seen it all the way through. What? Yeah. It's a good movie. You need to watch it. <laughs> you need to watch it. Now, with since we're talking about, you know, Star Trek and Star Wars, um, Abram, James Abram, JJ, no, JJ Abram. No, it's not James April. It's mm -hmm. JJ. Um, did you hear what he did about that guy that was dying? Uh -uh. Um, online, they were talking about. I think it came out on Facebook originally. This guy was dying, and he was a, a huge Star Trek fan. And his wife went out on Facebook, found Abrams' Facebook page, and said, "Look, my husband's dying. He, he the last thing he, he just wants is to see the movie." So, Abram actually seen the message. Mm. Because you know, normally when you have those type of accounts, it's somebody else running yeah. the account. It's not really the celebrity. Yeah. And he somehow seen the, the, the post. So he went and put a, a rough cut together. Flew um, the guy, his wife, his kid, flew him out here to California. Uh -huh. They had a private screening of a rough cut of the new... Um, Star Trek movie. Right. That's cool. Went back home and died the next day. Wow. That's literally, that's all he wanted to do left in life is he just wanted to see the new movie. That's crazy. That is. But, um, but yeah, so Abram's going to be doing the new Star Wars. I, I'm not sure where we're going to go because the news, from what I understand, just broke today. Um... So I'll have, just have to keep you posted on that. At least it's somebody that knows what they're doing with sci-fi. That's, That's true. Say. That's true. Um, at one point, because you know I've been following it fairly regularly, just out of curiosity, I thought it was over when I heard Tim Burton's name. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, Tim Burton. Uh, wow. He was being considered... Why even consider him for that? Like, no. Star Wars Claymation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be like Robot Chicken all over again. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Speaking of uh, Tim Burton, there's uh, a filmmaker in Hollywood. He wants to do a documentary on the lost Superman Lives movie. Now, do you know what that is? Do you know what the story no. that is? Back in 1990s, Warner Brothers actually hired Tim Burton mm. to write and... Well, let me go back a little bit further than that. After Mallrats, uh. Warner Brothers put together um, Superman Lives. It was supposed to be the sequel to one of the Superman movies. Mm -hmm. They hired Kevin Smith. Okay? Kevin Smith wrote this, like, huge script. Mm -hmm. They were going to run with the script... But they ended up hiring Tim Burton to direct Superman Lives. Yeah. Well, Tim Burton 
brings his own cast in. So, um, they took what, pretty much the concept, the general concept of Kevin Smith's script, and they rewrote it. And they casted Nicolas Cage as Superman. What? And they, they casted Chris Rock as Jimmy Olsen. When, when was this made? Um, it wasn't, it was going to be made. It was supposed to be in the late 90s. Oh, okay. And, and the villain for this movie is Brainiac, mm-hmm. who they casted as your favorite actor, Tim Allen. No way. Yes. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Allen, Nicholas Cage, Chris Rock in a movie together. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. And and, and uh, I just showed you the picture and you know, yeah. fast. He did not look like a happy Superman. No. He, he did not. It, it would have been a flop from the game. Yeah. Um, and I guess from what I understand, the executives the high executives at the Warner Brothers were like, what the fuck? Yeah. And cut it. But there's no real reason what happened why it stopped. Yeah. So, we shoot to 2013 today, and this filmmaker wants to make a movie about what happened to the Tim Burton Superman movie. Yeah. Everybody's in for it. And then he hits him with, well, I need $90,000 to make this movie. Uh-huh. So, <clears throat> it, it, the, the documentary most likely will not happen mm-hmm. because he's the guy who's trying to do it. Um, he went up to some, where you go when you ask for money, yeah. one of those type of sites. Yeah. And he's trying to get money together from the people. Uh-huh. So... But I just thought it was kind of an interesting topic. It would be a good documentary to watch if it ever came out. I would watch it. So would I. I, I, I want to see... I. It sounds so bad. I mean, the only way that they could really market something like that was if it was a parody. Not even that. That movie would have been made. It would probably would have had like a horrible box out office type thing. But it would have been a cult movie that everybody would have watched. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like there's some stupid movies out there that are horrid. Space yeah, people balls. still watch, like, yeah, Spaceballs. People still watch that stuff because it's so bad. You just sit and laugh at it. Or, like, the original Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. You know the story behind that, right? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, you told me. They had to make it or they lost the right. rights to it. But it was never meant to go to DVD. Well, it wasn't DVD, then it was VHS. Yeah. It was never meant to go to theaters. It was to be made and put up and locked away. Well, it got locked. Or, it got leaked, rather. Yeah. Just so happens your brother has a copy. Do you? Yes. Oh. That is one of the absolute worst. You know, I, I seriously think they probably spent maybe a thousand dollars on it. Yeah. At most. A thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, on production. Yeah. And um, it was horrible, but it's a cult classic. Yeah. Because it's so bad. Because it's so bad. I, I don't know. I, But yeah, I honestly, I would see... The only thing that would make it better is if it was like Cedric the Entertainer that was Superman. That would have made it better. <laughs> up, up, and away, motherfucker. You know? Yeah. That, that would have been good. All right, kids. Well, I think that's it for this week. Um, as planned, the kids, that's Rebecca and Aaron, and myself, we'll get back together. So next week, we'll have a regular recorded show so for this week i am david k montoya and if you're just one of those people that aren't nostalgic and don't like going back into the past and reliving great moments then for this week you're definitely seeing red welcome to seeing red
say we didn't warn you.